big welcome back to the sound museum the music podcast that explores that personal connection we all have with the music that we listen to as always a massive thank you for listening to the last two weeks celebrating tina turner such an iconic artist and i'm so pleased everyone enjoyed the episodes and reminiscing tina's amazing back catalogue if you've missed the episodes, you can catch up anytime you like on your favorite podcast provider. While you're at it, if you're using Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave me a lovely review. And on Spotify, you can leave some feedback and a star rating as well. That would be amazing. Now, talking of amazing, for this week's episode, over the last few weeks, we've had family in town and, and driving them around and playing music and stuff. And one of the playlists that we chose on Spotify was movie themes. And I thought, what a great idea for a podcast, because there were so many amazing songs from movies, especially in the 80s and 90s. So I thought, what a great episode for the Sound Museum. So for this episode, we are going back to the 90s, where movie themes and songs from movies ruled the charts. It was such a great time for songs from movies. So strap yourselves in. This is going to be an amazing ride going back to the 90s and all those amazing tracks from the films you know and love. In the 90s, I was working at Kmart and I was working in the sound and vision department. Back in the day, we came out sold CDs and videotapes. Kmart was my first job and I've got such fond memories of that time and working in music retail and selling the CDs and videotapes and everything was such a fun time and I learned so much and looking back now apart from my work in radio that job at Kmart was probably one of my highlights of my working career it was so much fun and being in the midst of selling music and being in that industry was such a cool time for me and as a music fan it really was my dream job so the 90s was such a great decade for songs from movies they ruled the charts they sold so many copies labels made so much money back in the 90s from cd sales it was incredible such a great time for music and one of the biggest movies from the 90s was the bodyguard now i remember going on a date with this guy i can't even remember his name i think it was corey going on a date with him and we saw the bodyguard in the movies the movie theater was packed i loved the movie loved whitney loved the music and what an amazing soundtrack of course the main song from that movie was 
I'll Always Love You. And this was a song written by Dolly Parton and released back in 1974, the year I was born, from Dolly's album Jolene. Now that version from Dolly reached number one on the US Hot Country Songs charts, but in 1982 Dolly re-recorded her version of the track for the movie The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, once again hitting number one on the US Hot Country Songs charts. But it was thanks to Whitney's co-star Kevin Costner when he played Whitney the version recorded by Linda Ronstadt back in 1975. So I went onto YouTube and I found a couple of clips from the 90s. And this first one is from Whitney and the second one is from the legendary Clive Davis, president of her label Alster Records. Let's have a listen to Whitney and Clive talking about I'll Always Love You. We were on a mission searching for songs for the bodyguard. What would be the song, the song that is going to make this movie tie together? Kevin and I, of course, went through, he, he, you know, Kevin's a, a music lover, so he knows all the old songs, new songs, you know, he loves it. So he kind of went through his little collection and he came up with songs that he thought were suitable for the movie. And I had some songs of my own. One day I was in the trailer and it, we, we, we heard Dolly Parton's song before and I said, I went by it, you know, because it was a country version and I, you know, we wasn't listening. Kevin brought it back to me in the trailer one day and he said, I'm telling you this is the song. You said you must listen to the song. I cleared the trailer and I listened to the song and it hit me. I was like, oh, he's so right. I can't go anywhere without singing I'll Always Love Me. It's just that song I have to do. Kevin Costner suggested it to Whitney, David Foster, and me. We all agreed that that would be a great song for that airplane scene. And right after Whitney sang it, he sent me the rough mix, and it did have the a cappella, and it was raw and it was haunting and so emotionally impactful. He said, look, don't get demoitis, they call it. I'm working on it. I'm going to be adding instruments, so... Days passed, two weeks passed, Warner Brothers, the studio, calling me. We've got to come with a single. The movie is about to open. I called David, give me your last shot. And to me, it came off a little slick with the added instrumentation. So when Warner's called and I had to make that decision with the a cappella intro, with the raw instrumentation, that became the single. I Will Always Love You became Whitney's biggest hit of her career and one of the biggest selling singles of all time. The track sold over 20 million copies and topped the charts worldwide. In the US and New Zealand, it topped the charts for 14 incredible weeks. Here in Australia and the UK, 10 weeks at number one. The song won a swag of awards, including two Grammys for Record of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Performance Female, and it won six Billboard Music Awards and two American Music Awards. Such an iconic track, and what a vocal from Whitney. 
Let's stay with the Bodyguard soundtrack. It has so many great songs from Whitney, including Queen of the Night and I'm Every Woman. But because I'll Always Love You was written by Dolly Parton, it wasn't eligible for a Academy Award nomination. However, the two tracks I Have Nothing and Run To You were both nominated for Best Song from a Motion Picture. Unfortunately and surprisingly, it lost out to a whole new world from Disney's Aladdin. The Bodyguard soundtrack has sold over 45 million copies worldwide, making it the highest selling soundtrack album of all time. It spent 20 non-consecutive weeks at number one in the US, 11 weeks at number one in the UK, eight weeks at number one in New Zealand, and five weeks at the top here in Australia. The movie The Bodyguard has grossed more than $411 million worldwide at the box office, and it won a Grammy for Album of the Year. Let's stay with Whitney Houston, because in 1995, Whitney was back with this song from the movie Waiting to Excel. That was Exhale, Shoop Shoop from the movie Waiting to Exhale. Now that album features songs from some of the music's best female voices, including Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, Mary J. Blige and Tony Braxton. Exhale, Shoop Shoop was written and produced by Babyface. The song debuted at number one in the US, but only stayed at number one for one week before being toppled by another monster hit, One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men, which stayed at the top for 16 incredible weeks. The song Exhale reached number 18 in Australia, number 4 in New Zealand, and number 11 in the UK. And the track won a Grammy Award for Whitney for Best R&B Soul Single Female. Now, I just mentioned Mariah Carey before. In 1998, Mariah and Whitney teamed up together, oh my goodness, to record the theme song for the movie Prince of Egypt.
that is Winnie Believe from Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. Again, this track was produced by Babyface, reaching number four in the UK and New Zealand, number 13 here in Australia, and number 15 in the US. When You Believe won the Academy Award for Best Song from a Motion Picture at the 1998 Academy Awards. Speaking of an Oscar win, it is time for the next track from Madonna. is You Must Love Me from the 1996 movie Evita. That track was written by Tim Rice and produced by Nigel Wright, Alan Parker and Andrew Lloyd Webber. That was the lead single released from the movie soundtrack, reaching number 10 in the UK, 11 in Australia and 18 in the US. Now at the Academy Awards, Madonna performed this song live. And of course, the song went on to win the Oscar for Best Original Song. It also won the Golden Globe. And Madonna won a Golden Globe for Best Actress, Comedy or Musical. Let's stay in 1996. This song was also nominated but lost out to Madonna's You Must Love Me. It is Barbara Streisand and Brian Adams. The gorgeous track from Barbara Streisand and Brian Adams, I Finally Found Someone, from the movie The Mirror Has Two Faces, which Barbara self-directed, co-produced and starred in the movie. I Finally Found Someone was co-written by Barbara and Brian and produced by David Foster, reaching number two in Australia, number six in New Zealand, number eight in the US and number ten in the UK. This next artist was queen of songs from the movies. I'm talking about the amazing Celine Dion. That is Because You Love Me from the movie Up Close and Personal, starring Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer. This track was also nominated in 1996 for the Oscar for Best Original Song, of course losing out to Madonna's You Must Love Me. Because You Love Me was also featured on Celine's album Falling Into You, written by Diane Warren and produced by David Foster. Now, once again, I went on to YouTube and I found an interesting interview with Celine Dion talking about Because You Love Me. Let's take a listen. The director, John Avnet, the director of the mm-hmm. movie, 
he heard my, my music on the radio. He was, I've been offered, he was interested in having me singing the theme song. It was not finished when I saw it the first time. I cried and Renee also cried. It's, it's an incredible, Michelle, Robert Redford, Michelle Pfeiffer, a beautiful movie. But, and then I, I went back and then I sang the song and yeah. then I went back to the, the theater oh. and hear it again. That was Celine Dion. As I mentioned before, this track was written by John Warren, and the track was actually written about her father. Because You Love Me reached number one in the US for 10 incredible weeks, also number one in Australia, number three in New Zealand, and number five in the UK. Because You Love Me won the Grammy Award for Best Song Written for a Movie, and it became one of Celine's biggest hits, selling over 5 million copies worldwide. Let's stay with Celine Dion. The Falling Into You album was a massive hit worldwide and Celine was one of the world's most popular female vocalists. But in 1997, that popularity exploded with this track. an amazing song My Heart Will Go On from the movie Titanic written by Will Jennings and produced by Walter Athanasiev James Horner and Will Jennings the track was also included on the Titanic soundtrack and on Celine Dion's Let's Talk About Love album now with My Heart Will Go On it is an interesting story about the recording of that song but rather than me talk about it here is Celine Dion James Horner came actually he came in Las Vegas and we were staying at Caesar's Palace in a suite where there was a piano there. He wanted me to sing a song for a movie called Titanic. I didn't want to sing another song for a movie. I did not want to. I've had I've sung a few ones before and I don't know why I... We kind of felt that it was going to be a little too much. Celine Dion singing another song for a movie again. And then he started to play and James Warner was such a great guy. So nice and charming and talented but for singing he's not that great and f- he was trying to play the song and sing here and I was like I was looking at Renee and I was his back was turned to mine thank God and I was like I was trying to talk to my husband and say I don't want to do that song so Renee was like trying to listen to James and was trying to look at me and like he said, stop, stop, stop. He said, listen, right now you're not helping your son. <laughs> he wanted to be very honest. And we're friends, we know each other, there's no, you know, no, you know, like, oh, you're so sweet, good luck, you know. No, you're not, stop right now. He said, we'll do something. Do a demo, we'll go to Los Angeles, and, or to New York, actually, I think it was New York, if I'm, I hope I'm not mistaken, I'm getting old now. <laughs> I think it was in New York. And he said, do a demo, and we'll fly there, and uh, Celine will put her voice on the demo and see how it sounds like. So that day, I don't know, it's, it was a few weeks later, I flew to New York, and I was half warmed up. It was just a demo, it was not a real actual recording. So I went there and I started to sing, he started to, 
explain to me the movie a little bit. And I had tears in my eyes and I said, stop talking to me about the movie. I won't be able to sing. Oh, okay, let's go. And then every night in my dreams, I see you, I feel you. And I started to sing the song. And I've drank a black coffee before singing the song. So my vibrator was like, eh, it was a little faster. and was like, oh my God, how terrible. But then... Everybody started to cry, and I got caught by the emotion as well, by the story of the movie and the whole thing. And they, the, the demo is actually the actual recording. So they build the orchestra around. I never re-signed the song after. And on the rec- that's, the demo is the actual record. That is Celine Dion talking about the recording process of My Heart Will Go On. No surprises, My Heart Will Go On reached number one worldwide, including the US, UK and Australia, selling over 18 million copies. It is still in the top 10 best-selling singles of all time. Celine's album Let's Talk About Love has sold over 31 million copies worldwide, and the Titanic soundtrack has sold over 27 million copies as well. Pretty good for a soundtrack, which is mainly a musical score. Now, I remember this time so clearly. The Celine Dion album and the Titanic soundtrack were selling like crazy. We sold so many copies of the CD. And even back in the 90s, I was a bit of a sales king. Because when someone came up to buy the Celine Dion album, I would say, did you know that on the Titanic soundtrack, there's also another version of My Heart Will Go On? So they would buy the soundtrack as well. I was the upselling king back in those days. <laughs> Near, far, you are, I believe the heart does go I also have fun memories seeing the movie Titanic. I was with a group of friends and that scene where Jack, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, was in the water and his face was going down, I started bawling. And the tears continued when My Heart Will Go On appeared in the closing credits of the film. Go on, I'll get the next one. No, not without you. I'll be alright. Listen, I'll be fine. I'm a survivor, alright? Don't worry about me. Now go on, get on. Such an amazing movie, which has grossed over $2.2 billion at the box office, and it still remains in the top five movies of all time. And no surprises, it won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. My Heart Will Go On also cleaned up at the Grammys, winning both Record and Song of the Year, Female Best Pop Vocal Performance, and Song from a Movie. So being nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song is quite an achievement, but to be nominated the same year as My Heart Will Go On? Oh my goodness, that's what happened with this next track. How do I
that is How Do I Live by Trisha Yearwood from the 1997 Con Air nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Song. Now, once again, this was written by hitmaker Diane Warren. And in this next clip, Diane talks about writing a song and the issues behind the scenes. Let's take a listen. I ran into Leanne Rhymes. I said, Leanne, I wrote the song for, for Conair. So I said, we should demo it and you should record it. And um, she came and demoed it and, and w went back to Texas and recorded it with an orchestra and they did a video. Well, the song wasn't technically picked for the movie yet. And after she spent about $100,000 on it. And um, <laughs> so the good news is Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced the movie, uh, loved, he loved the song, but he wanted some changes. But Leanne's dad, uh, Wilbur, <laughs> who um, co-produced the song, did not want to make any changes. So <laughs> Jerry said, do you mind if we have, you know, Trisha Yearwood do it for the movie? You know, I go, yeah, but I can't pull this song from Leanne Rhymes. And she had just won Best New Artist. I knew she'd have a hit with it. And her record was, was really great. So he said, you know, we'll do it, have Trisha do it for the movie and it won't get in the way of Leanne. It, it became like the longest running song in the history of Billboard with Leanne Rhymes. And then Trisha, you know, won a Grammy and, and, and it became a worldwide hit in different countries. So they hate, started off hating me and they ended up liking me a lot. <laughs> so that was a story from Diane Warren about the recording process of How Do I Live. Let's take a listen to the Leanne Rhymes version. What a crazy moment in music. Both Leanne Rhymes' version and Trisha Yearwood's version were released at the same time. However, Leanne's version proved to be much more popular, reaching number two in the US, number seven in the UK, and number 17 in Australia. It was also a massive hit right across Europe. Meanwhile, the version by Trisha Yearwood reached number three in Australia, number 23 in the US, and number 66 in the UK. But it went on to reach number two in Ireland, of all places. Leanne's version of How Do I Live was also given the remix treatment. love that dance mix from Leanne Rhymes, How Do I Live? And I remember picking up that CD single in the UK in 1998. So we've gone through the ladies who dominated the charts in the 90s with songs from movies, but the guys also had some massive hits from movies, including this Canadian. Don't That is Brian Adams with Everything I Do, I Do It For You from the 1991 movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. 
That track was co-written by Brian with Robert Mutt Lang, who also produced the track. Once again, I've been on YouTube and I found this interesting interview with Brian about recording everything I do, I do it for you. I was sent a 45 minute cassette tape orchestration for the film. I listened to it and I was, I was working with a producer called Mutt Lang at the time and Mutt and I were listening to it and Mutt went, that, that's an interesting segment right there. I said, yeah, that's good. So we took that segment of, of the music, because you can't write a 45 minute pop song. They only wanted, they wanted somebody to write a song for this film. Little did I know they'd sent that same cassette tape out to 20 other people. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought I was being all excuse. But anyway, so I got this, I got this um, piece of music and we sat down and very quickly wrote song. But in the meantime, we added our own music to it. And the call back was, no, we don't like, like it. We don't like, the, we don't like what you've done to it. We don't like the song title. No, goodbye. And I was like, wow, I thought it was a pretty good song. But I guess what happened was that nobody else came through. So then I got a call back saying, do you think you'd be interested in changing the song title? And I thought, okay, they do like the song. And I was like, no, I don't think so. They wanted a song. I think someone wanted to call the song, I'll Die For You. And I was like, no. Because I think the idea, I mean, it is a bit of a mouthful, everything I do, I do it for you. But it also says exactly what the song's about. And I, and I think that standing my ground was a good thing. However, it, it, it was interesting because I went to see the film. Because at this point, I hadn't seen the film. All I'd done is spread the script. I went to see the film, and the song didn't appear until the Dolby credit started coming up at the end. And I thought they really didn't like this song. They buried it so far back in the picture that they just, they, they didn't, they, they knew that it was gonna be some sort of promotional thing for them, but they didn't realize how big the song, nobody realized how big the song was gonna be. An interesting story there from Brian Adams. Now that track also appeared on his album, Waking Up the Neighbors, and it was a huge hit worldwide. Number one in the UK for 16 amazing weeks. Number one in Australia for 11 weeks. Number one in his native Canada for nine weeks. And number one in the US for seven weeks. It also hit number one in New Zealand and has sold over 15 million copies worldwide. It won the Grammy Award for Best Song Written for a Movie. Let's move on to this next smooth guy. That is Chris Isaac with his track Wicked Game from the 1990 movie Wild at Heart. Now this track was actually taken from his 1989 album Heart Shaped World. It wasn't a hit at first when it was released in 1989, but thanks to the inclusion in the 1990 David Lynch film Wild at Heart starring Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern, it became a massive hit. Reaching number six in the US, number 10 in the UK, seven in New Zealand, and 15 here in Australia. Now check out the video on YouTube, directed by Herb Ritz and shot in Hawaii. 
at the time it received high rotation on MTV and video music channels and won two VMAs for Best Male Video and Best Cinematography. Let's head into 1993 with this Oscar winning track. Night is falling, I'm blind awake I can feel myself fading away So receive me brother with you Faithless kiss or will we Leave each other alone like this On the streets of Philadelphia that is the legend Bruce Springsteen with The Streets of Philadelphia, taken from the movie Philadelphia, starring Tom Hanks, who also won the Academy Award for Best Actor for his portrayal in that movie. Now, an interesting fact about this track, Bruce recorded the demo in his home studio with all the instrumentation, but after it was remixed, Bruce didn't like it, so he replaced it with the initial demo. Thank goodness. Streets of Philadelphia reached number two in the UK, number three in New Zealand, four in Australia, and number nine in the US. The song was a massive hit right across Europe, and it won four Grammy Awards, including Song of the Year, Best Rock Song, Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance, and Best Song Written for a Movie. Let's move on to the next track, which was written in 1987. The singer did not like it, but it resurfaced years later for this movie soundtrack. That is Seal with Kiss from a Rose from the movie Batman Forever. That was taken from Seal's second album, Seal 2. Now, as I mentioned before, Seal actually wrote the track in 1987, but didn't like it. But once producer Trevor Horn worked his magic, it became the track we know and love today. In this next clip, Seal talks about the track and how it became part of the movie Batman Forever. Kiss from a Rose, it charted at number 60, dropped to number 80 the next week, and was done. It was out of the charts. Yeah. I did this terrible video for it, which didn't help. I got a call from someone called Joel Schumacher, mm. God, God rest his soul, uh, you know, um, and he said, look, Seal, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm making this movie called Batman for, Forever, and I need a song for the love scene between Kidman and uh, Kilmer, I think it, it, it was. Um, have you got anything? My manager, Cavallo, Bob Cavallo, was on the phone at the time. said, have you got anything? So what, I said, well, Joel, no, I don't. I've, I've finished promoting the, the second album. I've released the singles. Uh, you know, I'm back. I'm sorry. So Cavallo says, let me take you know, let me take care of this. So he sends Joel Schumacher a copy of my second album and puts a little asterisk next to Kiss, Kiss from a Rose. The next day, Joel calls back. He says, I tempt the song in the scene. It doesn't work, okay? But I love the song so much, I'm just going to stick it on the end credits, right? Eight million albums and four this. Grammys later. There's Seal talking about Kiss from a Rose. Now that 1995 re-release saw it reach number one in the US and Australia, number four in the UK and number 16 in New Zealand. It went on to win three Grammy Awards in 1996, including Record of the Year, Song of the Year and Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. 
So guys, let's slow things down a bit and head into some smooth R&B. Boys to Men with End the Road from the 1992 movie Boomerang, starring Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry. Written and produced by Babyface, L.A. Reid and Daryl Simmons. One of my favourite tracks from Boys to Men. And here's a bit of a snippet of the guys talking about the track. When we first heard it in Michael's house, he, he played a tape for us and we were first getting familiar with it. We fell in love with it the first time we heard it. Wow. And it was like when we were um, in the actual process of recording it, I mean, it was like so emotional. It was like people were like, guys were like crying and, and everything yeah. in the studio. <laughs> and we went in the studio. Although So it was like, it was just like that yeah. feeling. It, it felt good. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, each time we played it and sang it, we got more and more into it. And I guess the people out there just felt the same thing. That was Boys to Men talking about the recording of End of the Road. That track reached number one in the US and stayed there for 13 weeks. That record was later broken by Whitney Houston's I'll Always Love You, but the boys took the record back when I'll Make Love to You spent 14 weeks at number one, and they broke that record again with Mariah Carey when One Sweet Day spent 16 weeks at number one. End of the Road also hit number one in Australia, New Zealand and the UK and reached the top 10 in many European charts. It also won two Grammy Awards for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group and Best R&B Song. Let's move into 1995 with this worldwide number one. That is Coolio with Gangster's Paradise from the 1995 movie Dangerous Minds starring Michelle Pfeiffer. Gangster's Paradise sampled Stevie Wonder's 1976 track Pastime Paradise. Gangster's Paradise reached number one in the US, UK, Australia and New Zealand and became a massive hit all around the world. Coolio won a Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance and the song became Coolio's biggest hit. Sadly, we lost Coolio just last year. Let's move forward to 1997 for this guy's debut solo single. Oh, hey. That is Men in Black by Will Smith, taken from the 1997 movie Men in Black starring Will and Tommy Lee Jones. Men in Black was actually Will's debut solo single, also appearing on his debut solo album, Big Willie Style. It won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance and reached number one here in Australia, 
New Zealand and the UK. Now interestingly in the US it was not released as a commercial single so it wasn't allowed to chart but it did reach number one on the US radio songs chart. No surprise Men in Black was a massive hit worldwide taking over 589 million dollars at the box office. So we've had the divas, we've had the guys, we've had some R&B. I think it's time for some rock. Is John Bon Jovi with Blaze of Glory, taken from the movie Young Guns 2, starring Emilio Estevez, Kiva Sutherland and Christian Slater, released in 1990 and nominated for the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Now, although it didn't win the Oscar for Best Original Song, it won the Golden Globe and it won an American Music Award for Favourite Pop Rock Song. Blaze of Glory hit number one in the US, Australia and New Zealand and number 13 in the UK. Let's move on to a track once again written by hitmaker Diane Warren. US rock band Aerosmith with I Don't Wanna Miss a Thing from the movie Armageddon starring Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck. That was nominated for Best Original Song for Movie in the 1998 Academy Awards. Aerosmith frontman Steve Tyler, his daughter Liv, features in the film. Now aside from that track I Don't Wanna Miss a Thing, the band had three other songs in the movie. What Kind of Love Are You On, Come Together and Sweet Emotion. But of course, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing was a massive hit worldwide and becoming the biggest hit of the band's career since their debut single, Dream On, in 1973. The track hit number one in Australia and the US, number four in the UK and number one right across Europe. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing has sold over 5 million copies in the US alone. Now let's move on to the next track. This was a cover from a movie which made over 120 million at the box office, but the film was panned by the critics. That is UB40 with Can't Help Falling in Love, a cover of the 1961 Elvis classic. UB40's version of Can't Help Falling in Love was taken from the 1993 movie Slither, starring Sharon Stone. Of course, I mentioned before, it did okay at the box office, but the critics were not kind. It became a massive hit worldwide, number one in the US for seven weeks, number one in the UK, New Zealand and Australia. Alright, so let's head back to 1994. Who remembers this track? You say 
from the movie Reality Bites starring Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke. That is Lisa Lowe with Stay, I Miss You. Written by Lisa in 1990. Now, I found this little clip on YouTube. Lisa talking about the track, the video, and the impact on the chart. I actually got signed while the song was number one on the charts. I had a bunch of different record companies courting me, and um, people had been interested, but that song getting on the radio, that was the thing that just, all the A&R people, their bosses were now calling me on the phone, you know, what, what's going on? When are we gonna sign you? Yeah. So there was a whole bidding war, and literally August, 25 years ago, I signed my first major label right. record deal. Unbelievable doing a one-take video. Yeah. You know, Ethan Hawke, who was an actor from the movie Reality sure, Bites, where the song was on the soundtrack, Ethan had a great idea of doing a one-take video. And he actually showed me in his small apartment in New York. We were neighbors. He showed me, like, this is how we'll do it. And it was, like, choreographed, not, like, dancing, but just, like, you'll stand there, and then the cat will come in here, and I'll come around here with the camera. And he had it all worked out, and the record company uh, decided to go ahead and let him make a video. RCA Records did because it was Ethan Hawke. But it was actually the idea of the video being a one-take that was so different at the time because MTV was made up of all these really brightly sure, colored, sure. Uh, you know, highly edited, great videos. And so this was a big contrast and a great way to tell the story. Lisa Loeb talking about his song, Stay, I Missed You. As she mentioned in the clip, produced and directed by Ethan Hawke, Lisa won a British Award for Best International Breakthrough Act in 1995, but sadly missed out on the Grammy Award that year. However, in 2018, she won a Grammy for Best Children's Album for Feel What You Feel. Stay I Missed You from Lisa Loeb hit number one in the US, reached number six here in Australia and the UK, and number 14 in New Zealand. Let's move on to this next track from a movie directed by Baz Luhrmann. That is Swedish band Cardigan's Love Fall from the movie Romeo and Juliet starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Now that track was first released as the lead single from the band's album First Band on the Moon in 1996 but became a huge hit worldwide when it was in the movie Romeo and Juliet in 1997. The track reached number one in New Zealand, number two in the UK and number 11 here in Australia. Now, as you can see, songs from movies in the 90s were all over the charts, but songs from Disney movies were massive. Starting with this one from 1991. That is Celine Dion and Peter Bryson with Beauty and the Beast from the 1991 film Beauty and the Beast. Nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. In the film, the song was actually performed by Angela Lansbury. Now, she had some reservations at the time singing on the track, but managed to do the song in just one take. Celine Dion and Peter Bryson's version was recorded and released as the only single from the film soundtrack. 
Now at the time, Selene wasn't the massive star she is now, and Disney had some concerns about her presence in the US wouldn't be strong enough to carry the song on her own. So Peter Bryson was brought in to do the song with Selene. Beauty and the Beast was produced by Walter Afanasiev, reached number 8 in New Zealand, number 9 in the US and UK, and number 17 here in Australia. The song won a Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group, becoming Celine's first Grammy Award. Now, even though Beauty and the Beast didn't win the Oscar for Best Original Song in 1991, Peabody Bryson struck gold the following year. Is Peter Bryson and Regina Bell, A Whole New World, taken from Disney's Aladdin. This track reached number 10 in Australia, number 8 in New Zealand, 12 in the UK, and number 1 in the US. A Whole New World won the Academy Award for Best Original Song from a Movie. It also won the Golden Globe Award and it won two Grammy Awards for Best Song Written for a Movie for Lewis's Tim Rice and Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals for Peebo and Virginia. This next artist needs no introduction. And can you feel the love tonight? It is where we are. It's enough for this wide That is the iconic Elton John with Can You Feel the Love Tonight from the movie The Lion King, written by Tim Rice and composed by Elton John. And here is Elton himself talking about The Lion King. When I wrote the original songs for The Lion King, I, I knew the film would be successful, but nobody had an idea of how successful this story would be and how long it would run for and will run and run and run because generations of children will be born and they'll go and see it. It's a, it's a wonderful story for children to see. It's a little sad in places, um, but that's life. It's about life. Uh, whether it's human life or animal life, it's still the same thing. We revere our parents. Um, we're sad when they die. And it's about being the man or the woman you can become because of your background. And uh, it's just astonishing to me that um, I'm involved with something that's been so successful. (laughs) Tim is just an adorable kind of person you want to spend time with. And when he rang me and said, listen, Disney are making this film called The Lion King. And they asked me who I'd like to write with. And I said, Elton John. They said, well, you'll never get him. And I said, well, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, let, I'd love to work with you. And then I got to see the script. I got to see the, you know, the little animation boards. And then I got to see you know, as it came together. Um, I have Tim, Tim to thank for the whole experience of The Lion King. He, that one phone call he made to me, again, in, in life, you get these phone calls that change your life. That changed my life. And my career. That was the legend Alton John talking about The Lion King. Can You Feel the Love Tonight won the Academy Award for Best Original Song from a Movie, but also won the Golden Globe, and Alton won the Grammy Award for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance.
Now, did you know the single version of the track contains backing vocals from Rick Astley and Take That's Gary Barlow? I didn't know that. But um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight reached number four in the US, number seven in New Zealand, number nine here in Australia, and number 14 in the UK. Let's stay with The Lion King for this next track. is Elton John with The Circle of Life, nominated for Best Original Song from a Movie, again written by Tim Rice and composed by Elton John. Circle of Life reached number 13 in New Zealand, number 11 in the UK and number 18 in the US. The Lion King was such an incredible movie, grossing over $968 million at the box office worldwide. And of course, Lion King is now a leading stage show all around the world. Okay, we've got one more Disney classic for you from 1995, and this track won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning bobcat why he grinned? Can you sing with all the voices of the mountain? Can you paint with all the colors of That is Vanessa Williams with Colours of the Wind from the movie Pocahontas. Now following her success with Save the Best for Last, Vanessa was chosen by Disney to sing the theme song to Pocahontas. Colours of the Wind reached number 4 in the US, number 16 in Australia, 21 in the UK and 25 in New Zealand. Now, another single from the movie Pocahontas was released, and this was the movie's love theme performed by John Cicada and Shanice. that whistle note from Shanice there from the movie Pocahontas that is If I Never Knew You the love theme from the movie what a mammoth episode that was I really hope you enjoy going back to the 90s with me for this episode of the Sound Museum celebrating the amazing songs from the movies in the 90s what an amazing time for music and what an amazing time for movie soundtracks and the labels made a mint selling millions of copies on cd so make sure you're following the sound museum on social media facebook twitter instagram and tiktok all this week I will be posting photos and videos from the 90s and all those iconic tracks from the movies. So I hope you enjoy reminiscing and going back to the 90s with me this week on my socials. One last thing, make sure you check out the Spotify and YouTube playlist for supporting Aussie music. Each week I add new songs to the playlist, so make sure you stream the playlist on Spotify or YouTube and let's get Aussie music back into the ARIA singles chart. 
Now make sure you join me for next week's podcast episode. I take you back to 1983 and we're celebrating another anniversary. So stay tuned to my socials this weekend to find out who that is. But until then, you take care, have a great week and I will see you next week.